We're back for another edition of the Sport Nimerick Soccer Podcast this evening, where we're joined by Noel and Jason O'Connor. Uh, Jason, we'll start with yourself, and no better place to start with than a, a superb victory for 3D United over UCD last Friday at the Markets Field in, in very uh, warm conditions on, on the night. You mentioned in your Sport and Limerick uh, piece at the weekend, Jason, that you felt it was the best performance Treaty produced all season. Uh, it certainly was a, a great performance from the team. Yeah, I felt it was, Adrian. You know, look, you could clearly see the formation, I suppose, for once. You know, and there was transition from defend to attack. They were the two big ones for me. You know, like you look into the middle of the field, obviously Callum was sitting. That was clear. Joe Collins was in the middle and and Jack, not only with his two goals, but he was the furthest midfielder attacking-wise. And, and that was clear. You know, UCD were poor, I felt. Um, that was kind of reflected, I suppose, in, in the subs, even the med. When you take off Sean Brennan, you take off Cullen Whelan, you know, obviously, that it's not a good night for UCD. But that's taken that away from Treaty. You know, they really exploited um, UCD's formation. They defended really narrow as a four. UCD didn't pose any threats in the wide areas whatsoever. Um, and they were looking for kind of high balls over that back four. You know, looking at that high line that Treaty would have been guilty of playing in the past. Um, but that wasn't the case on Friday night. And, and we could hear Tommy Bark and out orders to, to Ty Grind in particular and, and Mark Ludden early on to move the ball quickly from the fence to Willie Armshaw in particular, I suppose. Um, but look, it wasn't the case that it was long ball stuff, definitely not. And they played at the right times and they played in the right areas. Um, I thought Ludden was fantastic, to be honest. You know, his diagonal switch passes to Matt Keane a lot of the time on, on the right flank were, were pinpoint, they were exceptional. Obviously, his cross for, for Jack's first goal. Um, and it was a great header. And look, we've seen them runs kind of from Jack, you know, obviously sporadically, but his goal against that loan was a third man run, if you like, into the box. He made his way into the box again on Friday night, directed that header past Larkin Healy and there was no saving it. Um, they bounced back really well from conceding the penalty. Looked like a nothing ball really was running out of play and coming together with Callum more than, more than anything. And, and Whelan tucked it away, but the response was fantastic. And, and we said last week about the two wide players we were referring to, Edward McCarthy and Matt Keane, not giving the team a whole pile going forward. Well, Matt Keane delivered a, a great ball in for Jack's second goal, um, and he tucked it away. You know, so kudos to him for that as well. UCD didn't do a whole pile, obviously. You know, Liam Kerrigan had that chance in the second half. Um, but I thought Ty was very good as well, Adrian. It's important to mention him. Um, I had doubts about him under the high ball, as, as I call it. Not crosses into the box, but kind of balls down his throat. Balls over the back four earlier on in the season. But he was very, very solid um, on Friday night. And he made a couple of very important saves. And, and look, he'll be disappointed, I suppose, with the penalty as well. Because other than that, you would have fancied him to to keep a clean sheet, but tactically spot on from Tommy, really, really good. Some great passages of play, as I said, not playing in the wrong areas, playing at the right time um, and in the right areas. The only thing I'd have a, a question about was Willie Armshaw being withdrawn, I suppose, three or four minutes before half time. 
I didn't really see the point in that. We were watching it, obviously, and we could see he was gassed out. But as I said, UCD weren't giving Treaty any problems in the wide areas, and I don't think it would have affected the game to, to leave him on till the break, you know, and, and possibly affect his confidence with drawing him that early. But that's not even a negative. There's no criticism. I thought it was their best performance. And now a very, very big gap, eight points between them in sixth place. Yeah, certainly. And, and Noel, I must say, before I went to the game Friday, I, I started becoming fearful because going on the first game that between the two sides at the Belfield Bowl and the fact that generally Treaty then tend to sit in, they're more defensive. Uh, UCD like to keep the ball in those energy sapping conditions. I was fearful that if that did occur, that then Treaty would be in trouble. It didn't materialise that way in fairness and it was a very good performance from Treaty. No, we talked about last week maybe a bit being a bit more positive, particularly against UCD. Um, and I think they were a lot more positive. I mean, I think they're on their, you know, that they're on the front foot from from the start, which was good. I said that, you know, UCD were going through a pretty difficult time of late with, you know, kind of one win in five or six. It was important not to let them get a foothold in the game. And like Jason said, I thought they were excellent all over the pitch. They dominated the game. Um, a couple of great goals, like the positions that Jack Lynch gets himself into. I mean, if you look at his four goals, I was trying to remember the other one, actually, and I remember it now against that loan where the ball was played down the middle between them. But he, uh, he also got on the end of a flick from Red O'Hanlon in, uh, in the box against Wexford to finish it, which was a really advanced position. He'd actually got on, he'd, he'd got on ahead of the centre forward. You know, he's back post position for the second goal. And uh, he certainly has a great knack for getting beyond that striker and, uh, and, and scoring some goals. And obviously they were two, two really big goals. And uh, they were right to play narrow because... He, UCD's philosophy isn't really to go beyond the full back and try and get crosses in. They'd be a bit more measured than that. I thought they did get a couple of balls, if you like, in between the the 3D centre halves. I think there was one, I think, was it Paul Doyle or something? He kind of rounded the keeper but took another touch, kind of took it took it away from the goals. Barry was sharp out um, a couple of times to intercept him as well. But other than that, you know, they didn't really look dangerous. You didn't really feel fear. Fear for it all for Treaty, and you felt really confident all during the game that they were going to get the three points. Yeah, certainly. And, and Jason, just before we finished with your first point, you mentioned the league standings and how they, they now are sorry, such a, there is such a healthy gap, excuse me, between Treaty and Athlone and sixth. Now, I put that obviously to Tommy after the game, like I have on a couple of occasions in the past, and he was, you know, as we expected trying his best to downplay it, but also realising that it would have seemed ridiculous if he tried to downplay it too much. Um, it's not just, it, it's gone beyond now, I say, that you, you even see the club, Jason, were putting it out there that this was a, a, a playoff a battle between uh, two teams. I mean, there's no doubt in it now. I mean, you have two games left in the, the last second round, going into the last round of fixtures. Uh, it's exciting times now. What is Adrian, you know, the only fear for me, I suppose, when we heard Sean Gearns was going to be out for possibly four to six weeks, that there'd be a big gap there. And, and you know, I've said it over a couple of podcasts that he's missed when he's out, but Mark Walsh fitted in really, really well there. No nonsense defending. And do you know what that does, Adrian? That gives confidence to the people around you, you know, and, and the other players in the back four know that, like Sean Gearns, he's not going to be taking unnecessary risks and playing risky passes in wrong areas and stuff like that. And, and he's very good man-to-man as well. So 
look, while we miss Sean Gearns, Mark Walsh, uh, an able replacement, really. And, and Kieran Hanlon looks to be growing in confidence and fitness every week. I thought he was exceptional as well. Really top-class centre-forward performance, holding up the ball. Made it very, very difficult for, for Jack Heaney and Todd and Ozam as well. All through the evening, you know, his physical presence. And, and that's very important as a striker, Adrian, that you have that nasty kind of side to the game as well while playing within the, in the rules. But Wouldn't be like hey, you to promote that. Well, no. <laughs> it's part of the game, Adrian, most definitely. You know, and, and Red Hanlon has that element to his game and, and technically very, very good on the night as well. But look, you rightly say the players now know that, and Tommy knows, whether they're willing to say it publicly, obviously not, but it will take a huge implosion now to miss out on the playoffs. And look, do Treaty want to get promoted? That's a different conversation. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they're ready for that just yet, and I don't think that would, would be good for the club just yet. But I think it would be a fantastic achievement by Tommy and the group to, to get into the playoffs. You know, and, and that has to be the goal now. Yeah, certainly there is. There was that one part of me, you know, you are excited about the team being involved and all the playoffs, but there was one part of me that saying that maybe it would be like Derby County back in 2009 who got promoted to the Premier League when they were one of the favourites to go down and that didn't end well for them when, when they were promoted. It could be a step too early, but getting to the playoffs would be a, a massive achievement uh, in itself. Brings us on, I suppose, Noel, to what is going to be a mammoth uh, clash Sunday for 3D. Dave, welcome Dundalk to the Markets Field Sunday at two o'clock. The game not being on a Friday uh, because of Dundalk's involvement in Europe, uh, so so it was changed. It's it's wrong time almost to play Dundalk Noel because Vinny Port is back there now. He's got five wins in seven games, uh, so you know they're they're coming into form. I mean they still have the players of the caliber of Michael Duffy and and Patrick Hoban. I mean. It's, it's very hard to see anything other than a Dundalk win, but, you know, it is cup football, you know, it's cliche, but I suppose you never know. You never know when they're at home and, you know, we talk about free shots every week. It's certainly a great game for the squad to look forward to. They have an extra two days rest as well and Dundalk are in Europe, I think, on Thursday night. Yeah. And I think they're away from home. Now, you saw... Bohemians yesterday making a making a changes for their league game against Longford. Um, it depends on what you know where Finney Port's priorities lie, um, because they'll have the second leg the following week. Um, obviously the the European gig is very important for them in terms of of finance, you know, and they've lost a lot of good players as well in 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 the last five or six months. You know, really really seriously good players through injury and. And departures. I don't think the squad is 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 as full as as as, as it used to be, and um, it's a great opportunity for Treaty. It's it's certainly a game to look forward to. Yeah, certainly, uh, Jason. I mentioned there about the, the quality that Dundalk still possess uh, within the ranks. We all know that it's not the Dundalk team that totally dominated there for for a few years, uh, but still, I suppose you'll probably be on the same wavelength that. It would take a, an extraordinary turn of events for for Trudy to be able to turn them over. It would, Adrian. You know, and Noel mentioned the free shot there, and we've said it a, a few times about about league games. You know, but this really is the definition of a free shot. There's nothing to lose. The cup won't be a priority for Tommy, that's for sure. Um, and that could be reflected in the lineup. You know, you mentioned last week about Mackeen in particular that. That puts in an awful lot of work in yards and 
he might change up the the starting eleven. You know that might be reflected in in the lineup. Callum McNamara, we know, twenty years of age, has played an awful lot of games lately. Kieran Handley might be rested, and he could give McEvitt a game. And and obviously we saw Sean McSweeney come off the bench last week, who obviously has been out for a while. So maybe he could start. Claude O'Connell is another person who's who's missed a lot of games for for different reasons. You can bring in Ed McCarthy again. So I think that'll be reflected in in Tommy's lineup. You know, it was interesting to see Vinnie Perth in the Marcus Field, wasn't it, Adrian, last week mm. at the UCD game? You know, and, and you rightly said have suffered a little fall from grace um, in the League of Ireland. But look, the quality is still there. You mentioned some of them: Daniel Kelly, Michael Duffy, Andy Boyle, Patrick McElhenney. The players are there. You know, and well, I don't expect it to be an easy afternoon. For Dundalk, I would expect them to to advance to the next round. Yeah, just on Dundalk, I suppose, Noel, it, it's it's a funny one. There's been trouble there, we'll say, behind the scenes uh, so far this season. And last season, we, we mentioned it, there was definitely trouble behind the scenes. Um, then you had it only, I think it was a week and a half ago, was it, that now they're losing another influential player in, in Patrick McElhinney. Uh, there was a lot of debate about the timing of that announcement Uh just as the players are coming into the dressing room in Dundalk and Vinnie Perth had a really uh, big shot at his ex-assistant in Rory Higgins, uh, saying that he made a lot, he made his reputation from that club as, as an assistant coach and he probably should have showed some more respect. Uh, there's probably a worry for Dundalk in the future, isn't there? You know, if you're continually losing players, Chris Shields gone now as well. I know it was always going to happen, but they're probably not then replacing them with the same calibre at the same time. No, and on that, I'm I'm surprised no one mentioned the fact that uh, Dundalk mentioned the signing of Carol Shepherd uh, the week of the FAI Cup final there, three or four years ago when he was with Cork City. You now he uh, he subsequently changed his mind, right. and it was it was in print that he did change his mind because of the way that that John Caulfield had reacted to the news. Um, you would think like 99 managers out of 100 would drop him out of the squad and kind of banish him for the week. But, you know, he made him the cornerstone of the week and he ended up scoring the, the winning penalty, I think, or certainly one of the penalties. So, uh, Vinny, I, he'd, uh, he'd a year out of football now. He should have remembered all these things in in, in all his free time. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, like, that Dundalk are certainly in, in a bit of trouble in terms of uh, the players they're losing. I think there's talk about Michael Duffy maybe returning to Derry as well. There's talk about... Patrick Hooban as well going, you know. So, mm. listen, they, they are going to be a pale shadow of what they were a few years ago. Obviously, they're still a very, very strong team. Um, I was surprised that he went back to Vinnie Park because, you know, they did sack him. And uh, I thought it was a bit soon for him to go back. But look, it's like a drug at times. You'd miss it so much and it was a great opportunity for him. I don't think it's going to be the same as it was before. Um, a good cup run and maybe to try and get into the top four is, is, is probably his priority and go go as far in, in Europe as they can. But I, I don't see them, you know, scaling any of the heights, certainly in Europe, that they did maybe subsequent years back, um, excluding last year. Yeah, Jason, because of the, the gap between the two sides, and obviously Treaty generally throughout the season have been quite defensive. I know there's probably one, there's only one way they're going to play against a, a Dundalk team. The only thing I suppose is that you also need to you need to have some sort of trek going forward, don't you, so that you're not pinned back in your own half all game as well? Well, that's something we spoke about, Adrian, the early part of the season, you know, and 
we know how effective Mark Ludden is. We mentioned that earlier and, and said pieces treaty are very, very good at. So look, they're not going to come out all guns blazing and, and attack Dundalk. I think that would be a bit of a daft approach, you know, and, and it wouldn't be wise to do that. So look, they'll probably try to keep a clean sheet for as long as possible. Hope to get a break at the other end through a set piece or a mistake. And it'll be kind of back to, to pre-UCD approach, I suppose, Adrian. You know, but look, uh, I think it was Mark Walsh said it uh, after the game, you know, on, on Friday night that they haven't rolled over to anyone this season and, and they're certainly not going to start now, especially at home. So there'll be no pressure on the treaty, lads. They can go and enjoy it. And, and it's a nice yardstick to test themselves against Adrian. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, all, I, I know I mentioned earlier in the season when, when we talk about when you put Jason O'Connor's name into Google, that uh, pictures come up of him against Shelburne and, and the likes. When you put your own name into to Google, one of the main pictures is yourself and Shane, uh, Shane Gearn, excuse me, after the 2006 FAI Cup clash against Strahda United. Uh, I have to say, it's probably a similar gap, Noel, uh, this week in some respects, is that Drogheda were, one of, were the top two anyway at the time, if I remember correctly, in the Premier Division. And yourselves, you were top of the First Division. But obviously, you know, there is a gap there. You went up there and won a replay. Uh, you know, what was your approach, I suppose, in that week? And, and would you have any advice for Tommy going into the game there on Sunday? Yeah, look, I'm sure the guys around Tommy will give him plenty of good advice. And sure, um, he was involved around that time. Um Look, we, we did a lot of homework on Drahada, look, and they were a fine side. They went on to win the Premier or to win the Premier League that year, I think, and uh, were a, a width of a post away from qualifying to uh, to the Champions League group stages. Um, again, I suppose a bit like UCD um, with Paul Doolin being the manager. You know, it was all about possession. They didn't really go and attack you. They, you know, they kept possession, and we we were very solid uh, with two banks of four. The only space we left was on the outside, which they didn't really take. They had Keith Fahey playing actually on the left and he always wanted to come in on, on his right foot. So all that stuff kind of worked well for us and we did do a lot of shape and a lot of work on it. Um, I think they thought they had the hard work done um, getting the nil-all draw below in Rapan. You know, we were denied a stonewall pen, uh, pen the same night with Alan Kelly in the middle. I remember uh, Paul Doolan after saying that, you know, when they got back to United Park, that the, that the pitch up there would suit them better, which was obviously music to our ears, but uh, didn't do a whole lot of different. We trained again on the Sunday morning, I remember it well, and look, it was a great night for, for Limerick, a great night for that group. And it just shows you what can happen. But in fairness to Treaty, they've, you know, they've kind of shown that again with a group of local players. Um, they haven't gone out and... Bit of a technical issue with the bank, if you like. It was a fantastic. Who knows if it, it could happen again on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly a possibility. Uh, Jason, you mentioned there about Kieran Hanlon. I was actually very pleased because he had went through a period there for a few weeks, missed the penalty against Cove. It seemed to sum up his weeks where he was frustrated. Um, Matt McKevitt obviously came in rightly so, was given his opportunity. Uh, but when I was talking to Kieran after the game, uh, he mentioned that. Tommy Barrett, while, while half-messing, was very stern with him uh, in terms of that he wanted more energy from him and more from him. Uh, he certainly seemed to respond to that on, on Friday night. Um, it does seem to be the case that that Tommy can get can get a tune from uh, Kieran. It's just about getting a, a tune on a regular basis, I suppose. 
I suppose, Adrian, you have to factor in the fitness side of it. You know, Kieran came from from way behind fitness wise than than the other players. We saw him in the early part of the season, you know, and it's a credit to him and it's a credit, I suppose, to Mike Shield, who's who's done the strength and conditioning work, uh, that side of, of things for Tommy as well. You know, that, that Kieran is now able to do that work that Tommy is talking about. Um, I'd be close to Kieran, as you know, and he's always said that he found it very hard to motivate himself for junior football, but when he goes into the senior ranks, he finds the crowd and the games and the opposition a motivation tool for him, you know, and, and he certainly seems that way now in recent weeks. The couple of goals, the couple of penalties, obviously, against Cork certainly has helped him, but it's visible to me, Adrian, he's grown in confidence. You know, he's he's up there on his own a lot of the time, and and on Friday night, he was up against probably three centre-backs, and when we saw Jack joining in, he wouldn't have been able to join in without Kieran's hold-up play, and, and he linked it very well with, with the two wide players as well, so... He's grown in confidence and, and I'm sure he's taken on board what Tommy and Mike Shield and, and Dave Rooney are saying to him. And, and it's a credit to the work that's been done there and I'm delighted for him. You know, I really am. And I hope the goals keep flowing for Kieran. Yeah, certainly. And he is a very good character around the, the dressing room as well, it, it must be said. Uh, no, it's not. It's a bumper weekend, FAI-wise, in, in Limerick in that it, it's almost, it is a pity that they're still going to be restricted crowds because you would have had a brilliant crowd at the Fair Green as well uh, on Saturday, had it been permitted. They host Finn Harps at four o'clock. Uh, it's the second time, actually, that these two have met in the FIO Senior Cup. They did have a meeting, I think it was 2003, if I, I'm not exactly sure on that one. And Jonathan Speak scored the winner uh, to, to send Finn Harps through, but it was a very tough game. Uh, I suppose it's, it's obviously, it's, it's extremely tough. Fairview have it even tougher because they're a junior side playing a Premier Division outfit. And also, it must be said, Fairview have only had three games, possibly four, I suppose, before they play Finn Harps, but all outside of Acton Roy, not great intensity and friendlies. Like, talk about a, a serious challenge there, but obviously one that Fairview will relish as well. Yeah, great game from her. I was actually at that match in 2003, mm. and I, I do remember Jonathan Spee scoring the winner. Um, yeah, a seriously tough game for Fairview, but again, look, they've nothing to lose, there's no expectation. Uh, Finn Harps had a pretty horrible run as well, you know. I mean, they started so well, had a couple of brilliant wins. Now they can't buy a win. I was talking to their assistant manager there a couple of weeks ago. Even the Watford game, he said, you know, they missed a penalty, hit the post a few times. Everything just just seems to be going wrong. And uh, a resurgent uh, Watford winning over the weekend against Ligo then brings the you know a point between them. So you just don't know. Um, they'll certainly have their homework done, you know, and they won't kind of dismiss it. Um, they had a good cup run last uh, year as well, and you think that they'll see this game maybe as a stepping stone towards getting back to winning ways, because at the moment they can't buy a win. Um, it should be a realistic opportunity for them to win, particularly as Fairview obviously are out of season, are only in kind of pre-season. Uh, obviously, the game against Athen Ryan extra time will have brought them on a fair bit, but you know you would think that they'd probably want maybe three or four games at least before they'd um, they'd face this one, but. Um, Jason Purcell, a very canny operator and, you know, a fantastic record in cup competitions with St. Michael's and Fairview. Um, and they certainly won't make it easy for the Harps. Like, you know, I, I've seen them play. They are, again, very, very, very solid. He doesn't take any chances. He won't mind if the score is nil all. He won't mind if it goes to extra time or penalties. They stay in the game as long as they can and they don't give away anything. 
cheap and they hope to you know to capitalize on a set piece themselves or a mistake or a or a chance at, at the edge of the box and I'm sure that is going to be a tight game I, I couldn't see certainly if Ben Harps running away with it you know I, I could see that maybe going even to extra time Yes that would be a great achievement for Fairview Jason Noel mentioned that Finn Harps aren't on a very good run and, and all of a sudden now with Waterford picking up a few points like they're looking over their shoulders uh, would you be of the opinion like Noel that maybe you know this is an opportunity for them to get back to winning ways because when you're in a bad form you know, will they really want to be making wholesale changes, you know, going to a junior setup of a team who, you know, would be full of confidence to be fair, uh, to, to fair view. Uh, and, you know, in, in a cup game, I suppose, would, do you think Ali Horgan will try and play as strong a side as he can and not make wholesale changes? Well, I definitely think he will, Adrian. You know, you mentioned there they're on a poor enough run. It's one point in their last five games and, and it's only three goals scored in those five games, Adrian. So, They'll be looking to boost confidence with, with an emphatic win, I'd imagine. You know, Adam Foley, I suppose, is is the real goal threat. He's eight goals this season. You know, we all know about Carlos Sullivan, obviously. He came through the, the ranks, I suppose, the underage system with, with Limerick FC and, and broke in a couple of years ago. So I wouldn't be so sure now that we could be looking at extra time and things like that. I think Harps will be looking down to be looking to put down a marker. Noel quite rightly said Fairview had a huge disadvantage. Um, they're only midway through their pre-season and, and Atten Roy was the toughest game they had. And, and speaking to some of the Fairview lads after that game, fitness was an issue for them you know, in that game because Atten Roy have played some league games themselves and, and they managed to take Fairview all the way to penalties. So, look... We speak about free shots and it's a great occasion for Derek White and, and Jason Purcell. And, and look, they've got some very, very good players, Adrian. Conor Coughlin, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He's someone, in my opinion, that is good enough to play League of Ireland First Division at least, you know, and he has great potential. They also have AJ O'Connor and Ross Mann and, and Stephen Bradley. They're all very, very good players, you know. And look, Fairview are the flagship junior team in Limerick, Adrian on and off the pitch there's no doubt about that everybody else are are playing catch up so I wouldn't like to see the difference in levels been shown too much but when you're dealing with someone like Ali Horgan he's not going to take anything for granted the team is going to be very 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 well organised and look while normally they do better against the bigger sides I'd expect them to come through Fairview there's no doubt about that uh, just to stick with yourself for, for one moment uh, Jason uh, in one way for Fairview as well it's probably one of the worst uh, draws to get because Ali Horgan as you said is a, a shrewd operator and also as well Harps would be known to not shy away from the physical and the horrible side of the game so it's not like you're going to be taking them down a peg and one thing that I have noticed is that maybe height wise uh, the Fairview team wouldn't have a lot of very tall players and, and Harps are very strong physically so one thing I suppose Jason Purcell will be saying is let's try and limit these set pieces as well he will. And look, Noel quite rightly said Jason's a very shrewd operator. He's had his own spell in League of Ireland, you know, and, and done very, very well there as a player. He's done it all at, at uh, junior level in the management and playing since, you know. So he left the lads well organised, Adrian. But the fitness side of things is going to be very difficult to, to match with Harps, you know. And it's not going to be easy, especially if these hot weather conditions continue. We're sweating here just sitting at the table. You can imagine what the players would be like in the fair green if, if these conditions are, are the same. But 
look, Jason won't give up anything cheap. There's no doubt about that. He'll have his homework done, but I think the gap is just a little bit too big, Adrian, and and I hope they can they can make a game for it as long as possible. Yeah, we certainly do hope so. We wish both Fairview and Treaty United uh, the best of luck. We'll be at, at both games as well uh, this weekend. Noel, just to finish on a on a final note, and, and it's a very positive note, actually, to be fair, your, your namesake, uh, Moon, Mr. Mooney, Noel Mooney, a man who you'd know very well and, and managed with Limerick FC, a, a proud Capamore man. He's He's got the top job as CEO in, is the, in the Welsh uh, Football Association that was announced uh, this afternoon. Uh, we, we'd like to extend our congratulations to Noel as well. Um, a huge achievement for him, and he has been making great strides in UEFA, but, but this is a, a great achievement for Noel Mooney. Yeah, listen, he's been a, a, a charismatic character for a long time. Um, remember, we signed him as a 17-year-old um, in the mid-90s, actually. And uh, he was still eligible to play youth football, you know, but he hadn't really interest in playing that. He was playing reserves in the Munster Senior League and, and got a few games with Limerick. But his career, I think it certainly took off, say, when he came to Limerick um, this after his, his time with Cork and, and Shamrock Rovers, he did show a lot of interest, maybe too much for a player. I felt I would have said it to him in, in the off-the-field stuff in terms of commercial managing and that. Um, I'd have been a lot happier if he just focused on his goalkeeping for another couple of years. But look, I mean, obviously he, he knew what he wanted and he's made a great success um, of, of his professional career. It was He was very highly rated in, in the FEI. I know like he, he got very bad press with his association, you know, with John Delaney, but at the end of the day, the man gave him a job and 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 gave him a chance. Um, as you said rightly, he's done really well in UEFA, and obviously the Welsh FA have seen that uh, that quality and have brought him on board. And I'm sure he's going to be, you know, a really really successful there. And I'm really delighted for him. He's a guy I know a long time and a very decent individual. And uh, listen, he'll make a great success of it.